the podcast you are about to hear contains tales of murder, mayhem, news, and nonsense. Welcome back. This is episode 16 of Tidings and Transgressions. Long break, worth the wait. Uh, As always, James, your lovely host, the host with the most, the... Yeah, no, that's all I got. Uh, Joined, as always, by my beautiful wife, Kate. Kate, say hello. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone's been doing good, doing well. Uh, Today is March 19th. You know what's crazy about that is that I always, when I take my notes, I always date the top of it, and Uh I've had this one ready since February 12th, so that gives you an idea of how long we've been on pause for, which is wild. Yeah, it's it's been a hot minute or so since uh, you last heard from us. I had some stuff going on with my family, Mm -hmm. so we took a a quick minute. A a small hiatus, if you will. Hiatus. It's like the fancy version of a break. I like it. I like when you you put intelligence out into the world, babe. You know, I try. I read the dictionary. (laughs) That's a choice. (laughs) That's a lie. I don't read the dictionary. I mean... I feel like hiatus isn't like a super fancy word. No, but it just was unexpected. Well, you know, I mean, they haven't heard from us in forever, so I feel like... Really, really bringing it out there. Bringing out the best. Well, you got to bring your A game. Like if you've been on the bench for a while and you get back in the starting lineup, Let's like you got to we'll you got to make your mark. You got to sh- shoot your shot. Hope I don't fumble the ball. Oh, and a sports analogy. Well played, babe. Yay, Kate. Go sports. So yeah, uh, episode sixteenth. Today is March nineteenth, two thousand and twenty-three, the year of our Lord. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's the way people say it. I don't it normally is. say it. It is. I just, yeah, that's not normal for you. In the year of our Lord, 2023, Kate and James have returned. Returned. Uh, so what are we what are we bringing to the people today in our, in like our re-release into the wild here? Today, we are going to go over the Pelly family massacre. Ooh. A whole family massacre? Well, not the whole family, but there was a, there was a lot of them. Well, the Pelly family massacre? Yes. Okay. I'm hooked. I'm immediately hooked. <laughs> I'm drawn. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so sucked into this. Just, just by telling you who the victim. I know. I feel like I should get a bucket of popcorn and get ready to listen. <laughs> You're like that Michael Jackson meme with the popcorn right now. <laughs> yeah, but when you say it, it loses the funniness. <laughs> it doesn't though for me. <laughs> Okay. So the Pelly family. So the Pelly family. So the Pelly family was actually a, a blended family. Um, the husband Bob um, was uh, married previously, um, had a couple children. Um, his wife passed away, um, and then he remarried. Um, John uh, also had a, a similar um, and a history, and they kind of bonded over that. Don was also previously married, and her husband had passed away. So, so this does, blended family... Do they family, both have kids? They up? do, yes. So this is like the Brady Bunch murder. Yes. So, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? So all Here's together, story. I'm going to try and do it in order. They had Jeff, who was 17, Jackie, who was 14, Jessica, who was 9, Janelle, who was 8, and Jolene, who was 6. Okay. So those are two separate 
families of kids. There's yeah, there's blended children. And they all went with Jay. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Well, because like coming from two families. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Anyway. So Carry on. Moving Carry on. on. Forget me. Carrying on. Um, so they originally lived in Florida, and um, kind of out of the blue, um, they said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to give." Bob was like, "I'm going to give up my job here um, in Florida, in Fort Myers, um, and I'm we're going to move to Indiana, I- Indiana, Indiana, Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> it's a cross between Indiana and a banana. <laughs> Tasty. Um, Goes great in bread." <laughs> I was a baking fiend today. I've totally distracted you. You really have. That shit is Indiana. <laughs> Indianana? Indianana. I made banana bread. I made chocolate banana muffins. I made keto non-breads, which Jerry's still out on. I thought they were tasty, but also they have almond flour in them, so they're a little grainy, and so I'm a little, a makes, little distracted. Makes them less tasty. Less tasty, but there's like a shit ton of cheese in them, which like more tasty. I don't know. I don't know. Jury's still out. I have to think about we'll it. We'll have to report back next week. Correct. And then live from Indianana. <laughs> Indianana. And then I made. Oh, your bread. I made you um, the brown bread that you like. It's good bread. Yeah. So I actually made you two loaves, ones in the freezer. Just FYI. <laughs> We're all hearing it for the first time. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, audience. Come into my house. Join us for some brown bread. James has brown bread in the freezer. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so off of... The Pelly family from decided to yeah, leave Yeah, so they're going to move to Indiana. <laughs> Indiana. Oh, this is going to be What the hell fun. is wrong with me? Indiana. You got to um, do like the, the warm-up exercise where you're like, how now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? I mean, <laughs> maybe not like that. I was just really trying to make my mouth really big while I was doing that. I don't know why. Save that for later. Um, <laughs> what is what? wrong with you? Back, okay, back to Indiana. <laughs> so they moved to Indiana, uh-huh. and Bob became a pastor there, which is a change in career path for him. But it was something that he wanted to do, and a change for the family. And off they went. So he became the pastor at a small church there, and they actually lived on site at the parsonage. So the whole family lived at a small home that was on the property of the church. So what was that word you used? Parsonage. Parsonage. Yeah. Okay. Are you gonna Google it? Or are you no? Just gonna I'm go assuming with it? It, something belongs to the parson. <laughs> So, yeah, it's the home where the pastor typically lives Con- on the property. Context clues. I got context it. Context clues. Okay. So, um, one morning, um, after being at this uh, church for a while, things are going well, everybody's settled in. Um, the It's Sunday morning, and the church services are about to, are supposed to be beginning. Um, and... Some of the parishioners realize, huh, uh, Bob's not here. Dawn's not here. The kids aren't here. Um, You know, normally he got there early to get things set up, you know, greet people as they arrived, et cetera, et cetera. So they're like, huh, okay, well, this is a little weird. Um, Where's Pastor Bob? Where's Pastor Bob? 
And so things kind of go on and now it's like, okay, it's, it's church service time. He's still not there. It's 15 minutes past church service time. He's still not there. And somebody's like, Hey, go check the parsonage. I'm just going to go over to the parsonage and <laughs> do a little knock a Maybe they, you know, slept through their alarm or something. It could happen. You know, it could happen with all of these children. Everybody just really sleepy. So they go over and knock. No answer. And so they're like, okay. But they can tell that they're home. And so they're like, this is really weird. They keep knocking, keep knocking. Finally, someone um, does, it does have a key to get inside. So they let themselves in. And what they find is Bob dead at the top of the stairs. Oh. And then Dawn and Janelle, who is eight, and Jolene, who is six, in the basement, also dead, shot at close range with a shotgun. Now, what, one more time, Bob dead at the top of the stairs, Bob's kids dead, dead in the basement? Yeah, Bob is dead at the top of the stairs, the wife, Dawn, and then the children, Janelle and Jolene, eight and six, are dead in the basement. So Bob at the top of the stairs, the other three in the okay. basement, and everybody's dead. So the other children, Jackie, who is 14, Jeff, who is 17, and Jessica, were not home. Jackie was away at a camp. Jessica was at a sleepover. And Jeff was actually at, had prom the night before and was at his post-prom activities. They had like a whole sleepover thing and then they were doing um, a night at, or a day at the amusement park. So um, Jessica actually comes home from her sleepover. Again, she's nine years old and she's just kind of told very bluntly because you know like mom of friend pulls in the driveway to drop her off and there's like police everywhere um and just told kind of bluntly like yeah your family's no Jeez. more yeah um so the police actually go and locate um jeff uh, at the amusement post prom celebration whatever now jeff actually his girlfriend reports that he had said like while they're on the ride one of the rides was just like, I have a really bad feeling. Like, I don't know what's going on. So the police actually waited for him to come out of the amusement park, just like waited by his car. Um, Cause I guess trying to locate him in the park was going to be a nightmare. So they just waited by his car. And when he came out, um, that's when he was uh, informed that uh, the family had been murdered. Okay. So we are going to kind of move forward here right so now you know we know a little bit about you know the family is there bob's a pastor that's how they first came to be there now the people are dead and we're gonna move forward here so they are trying to figure out obviously who killed this family right? yeah because like that sounds like a pretty grisly murder yes and immediately or almost immediately um jeff becomes the prime suspect now so the oldest son the oldest son yes. okay so jeff i guess at the funeral had been very distant closed shut off which like it's the funeral of your family i don't think you're gonna be like 
super out there. I um, think it would be weird if you were super out there. Right? Like, I don't... Like, I don't, oh, hey, good to see everybody. Thanks for showing up. Like, yeah. I, I mean, you're like, allowed to be quiet and reserved if your parents get shot and killed. I just totally yeah. hit my mic. So sorry if that made a lot of noise. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Hopefully that's better. Um, yeah, they, so I guess they're like, their issue is that like, he wasn't sad enough. He was just kind of like emotionless, which like, I don't know. I kind of shut down. Like, I just kind of like, that's actually when you know, I'm really mad. Like <laughs> in meetings, people know if like I go inanimate, like that means like, oh, Kate's pissed. So, yeah. you know, everybody reacts differently to different things. So I, I don't take a huge stack in his emotional reaction or lack thereof at the wedding or at the wedding at the funeral. <laughs> I am all over the place today. Um, but I think the bigger piece of the story is that Jeff had recently got in trouble and he was not supposed to be driving and he was not supposed to be uh, going to the prom or any sort of after prom activities. So the girlfriend again reports like she was shocked when she got the call from Jeff saying that he was, you know, on his way and um, that his father had had a change of heart. Um, this they say was not typical behavior. The uh, Bob was fairly strict. Um, and out of the, the two that Don was the least strict of the parents. Uh, so it was very unusual that Bob would have changed his mind and said, hey, um, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. It's, you you know, go. it's fine. You can you can go ahead. So um, so Jeff's the suspect. Yes. They were at the funeral. Yes. So Jeff, the timeline gets a little bit funny for for Jeff. So there were some people who showed up at the house. So this is this is like a small town um, in Indiana where they got married. I said it right that time. I got married. Oh, what is going on? I something in that water in Indiana. Something in that water in Indiana. <laughs> yes. I promise so I have not been drinking today. Pastor in a small town in Indiana. Yes. So it's a it's a pretty small town. So like one of the things says like the some of the youth before their prom wanted to come get pictures taken in their prom get-ups in um, with their pastor, which like oh that's really nice. That's kind of cute, right? And so the most the the timeline goes like just about this. So at four forty-five, that first group of kids leaves the house after taking the pictures. Now, another person shows up at 5.30 for a visit, but when they knock, there's no answer. And then at 6 p.m., Jeff calls to the girlfriend and says, hey, I'm running a little bit of behind. I, I had some car trouble, but I'm on my way. And he calls from a payphone at a car repair facility. I know I've used that phrase before. At a garage. <laughs> you can take a garage. At a garage. Um, and they can verify that, yes, he was actually at this garage. Um, that then to call and, and get uh, air. I think it was air he needed to put in his tire or whatever. Okay. So 
leading up to the prom. So again, that was 445 pictures with the pastor, 530, somebody else shows up and there's no answer at the door, 6 p.m. call from a pay phone. Okay. Okay. I'm still so with you. Okay. So um, the parents had previously expressed a fear of Jeff to, to some family friends. They said that he was fairly unstable. They were worried about his anger issues, et cetera, et cetera. And there ends up being some conflicting reports because the two uh, sisters, um, Jesse and Jackie, report that there's nothing missing from the home except for a shotgun, right? So no sign of force entry. They're able to rule out robbery, so they don't think anything's missing from the home, but they report that there's a shotgun missing. Well... I mean, that's they a, were shot with a shotgun, right? Exactly. But that's actually a conflicting report because someone else reports that he actually had all of the guns from the home in his house because it, within the past few months, Jeff had attempted suicide. And so the parents actually removed the weapons from the home. So the fact that then one of the sisters reports, hey, yeah, there's a shotgun missing is kind of confusing. And so there's, there hasn't been a whole lot of clarity on that piece of things. So what we know about Jeff is he recently got in trouble. Suicidal. He wasn't supposed to, yep, he was suicidal. Parents had reported that they were afraid of him and that he, they felt that he was unstable. And he was in trouble and wasn't supposed to be going to prom. And this had been a point of contention. He then ends up going to prom and driving him and his girlfriend there, which he had said that because originally, I guess the dad had said, okay, you can still go to prom, but I'm going to drive you. And he was like horrified and humiliated by the idea of his dad driving him and his girlfriend to prom. Okay. Um, things had progressed even further further from there and then it went back to no you can't go to prom at all so just to kind of wrap that up okay so they end up with stuff inside of the washing machine that the police find now there is again confusion on whether it appeared that the clothes had actually been washed or whether or not it was just something that had been tossed into the washing machine. The jeans were dry and they found a receipt in the pocket and change in the pocket. Okay, I feel like this is going somewhere. I'm not sure where yet, but okay. okay. So, they're Jeff's jeans. Later, on it will be presented that the jeans had been washed they were what jeff was wearing when he killed everybody but the reason why there was no blood on them was because they were washed however it's got to be like the world's greatest washing machine the police report that there's still when they find these jeans that there's change in the pocket and that there's a legible receipt now, this is also where it gets confusing because the police take the jeans out of the washing machine and they put them inside of a paper bag. 
which, you know, evidence bag, no big deal. Yeah. However, when the, the evidence is removed from the bag, there's a receipt in the bag. Now, was the receipt part of the paper bag? Because the paper bag wasn't like labeled as an evidence bag. It wasn't like a formal, like, you know, yeah. evidence bag. It was just a paper bag. So was the receipt inside the bag when the evidence was put in the bag? Or was it part of the jeans? Like it was in the jeans. Jeff says, yeah, those are my jeans. That was my receipt. It clearly wasn't washed because it's legible. Also, he's like, if there was change in the pocket, how was it washed? Because, you know, like you put something inside of the washing machine, change is going to go everywhere, right? Like it's not going to stay in the pocket. Yeah, I mean, more often than not. Right? Okay. So we're going to fast forward more here. Okay. So the police do not have enough evidence to charge Jeff. So we move forward several years, okay? This murder... (laughs) Thank you for my time machine noise. You're welcome. The murder actually took place in 1989, so just kind of keep that date in mind. The year of our Lord. 1989, (laughs) the year of our Lord. So when Jeff... you're so serious, you don't even laugh at my jokes, it hurts. I did laugh. I repeated your joke. Uh, debatable. Mwahahaha. Year Anyways, of our Lord. Mwahahaha. 1989, Jeff doesn't get found. They don't bring him to trial. Yeah. Okay. So we fast forward a couple years. Jessica, who was nine at the time of the murder, is now 15. There's... The children kind of go in multiple different directions here. Like, everybody kind of ends up getting separated, really. So at 15, Jeff... Is Jeff is not 15, Jessica's 15. They reconnect and he says, Hey, do you want to come visit, you know, my wife and I in Florida? Um, you know, we, we'd love to see you, whatever. So she actually is like, Yeah, you know, I'd love to reconnect with my family, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So she goes to visit, and one of the first things that Jeff asks her, like, they're like in the car on the way back to the house and he's like so who do you think did it six years later yeah and jesse says jessica also goes by jesse so yeah i I figured that one (laughs) jesse says i i think bob did it she says that she thinks he did it and jeff doesn't say anything and they go on they have their visit whatever move on from there this whole time jesse thought that Bob had killed the two sisters, the mom, and then killed himself. Jeez. And no one told her otherwise. It wasn't until years, and even when she mentioned, said that she thought Bob did it to Jeff, Jeff didn't correct her. It wasn't until years later that she found out that it wasn't him that did it. She thought her stepdad had killed everybody. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Nobody told her anything otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. So she actually wrote um, a book about like kind of her like healing journey forward. Um, I haven't read it, but it's gotten really good reviews and I would like to read it at at some point Um, because I I can't even imagine going years thinking that this man in your life, you thought this man in your life killed your family and that's not what actually happened. It's, It's just wild to me. So, well, I mean, do we know that's not what happened? 
Yes. I mean, you know, like he was shot in the chest. Like there was no, like it was not a self-inflicted gunshot wound. You're not going to attack me. Oh, sorry. I see your volume spike through the roof. Oh, sorry. I was just asking. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway. So Jesse's in Florida visiting Jeff. Yes. So the police are absolutely convinced that... Jeff is the person who did this. Like, they're, they say that all the evidence is pointing to him doing it. They just don't have enough concrete to move forward. But they are convinced that he's, he's doing it. So they continue to try and... Make a case? Make a case, right? So Jeff goes and gets himself in a little bit of trouble because there was a trust fund that was set up for them but it was managed by another family member and the children were not able to access that money until um they were 23 okay he gets a portion of it when he turns 23 or finishes college and then he gets the balance of it when he turned 25. so okay, that's not bad he ends up in 1994 being charged with wire fraud because he called the executor and told them that he had cancer and needed the money in order to pay for the treatment. Um, and the executor found out that that was total bullshit. Um, and so he got in charge. Some people are just so stupid. Like, you don't think they're going to check? Yeah. is is just absolutely bonkers. Nice job, Jeff. Yeah. So they were able over the years to pull together um, enough pieces to actually charge him with the four counts of murder. And he was returning from a business trip and was arrested um, for the four counts of murder. Um, He asks them while he's under arrest, uh, if I talk to you guys, um, do I, would I get the electric chair? Like, he wants to know, like, if Jeez. he would be put to death. Yeah. So, um, he does end up being found guilty. Uh, he was uh, put to 160 years was his sentence. And he has been appealing, even with his most recent appeals being filed in November of 2022. Now, one of the things that is absolutely bonkers about this case um is that there is this other secondary story that not a whole lot of people talk about and it's been brought up in the appeals process that um, jeff has been filing but the and the sisters will confirm that bob was a little bit we'll say paranoid he used to make them do like these preparatory drills and made sure that they all knew how to like defend themselves and whatnot um and he there was a situation where they wanted to put together this um pictorial directory for the church and bob got a little freaked out about it and told the the woman who was trying to coordinate it all like I, I can't do that. Like there's bad people looking for me and I am very afraid to have my picture out there. Like 
I don't think we can do this, right? Well, I mean, that would support the picking up and moving from Florida to Indiana. Exactly, right? Because Bob was actually involved in some illegal financial activity when they were in Florida. Um, There is some rumors that he used to move money for the mom. And he reported to this woman when she was trying to do this... Uh, directory directory thing thing? yeah he said I had another life prior to becoming a minister and I don't want to be found police completely brushed this aside Um, the woman came forward pretty serious yeah the woman came forward and said yeah hey like uh, this is going on you may want to look into it and they completely brushed the whole thing aside that's kind of shady. Yeah. So, but... Um, but I mean, like, you know, it's the same thing that we always talk about with some of these cops. Like, they just want it closed. They just want it closed. And they really, they were like, Jeff's unstable. He did it. He did it. Well, he did it. Because them trying to find some money laundering mobster from Florida was probably pretty low probability. Yeah, exactly. And so, it's really interesting because, so the... The reason when I got into this story, I had heard um, an, a podcast episode that was done on this massacre right and then i heard a subsequent podcast that was a whole season was dedicated to it right and you're going to get a lot of different detail from you know a one hour episode versus a full season season, of one hour episodes so counter clock is the one that i listened to um that did the full season on it which if you if you haven't listened to counter clock and you like true crime whole holy moly you you need to go listen to all the seasons of counterclock it's so good she does a it's delia d'ambra and she does this you say that like i know who that is okay well you should because true kind podcasts are the best and delia is freaking fire she has a couple and i am just like obsessed but she um she actually does so you know the other one that i like crime junkie yep she does in like a lot of the investigation work for the crime junkie podcast too so, okay. Okay. So anyway, so um, you gotta get her on staff. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so Delia is d- does this whole season where she goes deep into one specific crime, and so she spent a whole season on this. And the things that she found out—I mean, she goes deep into the timeline and like looks at how they and she even tests the drive from the parsonage to Jeff's girlfriend's house and with the stop that there's no way that he would have been able to make it there in time and then she goes and she tracks down the person who was supposedly had all of the guns and can we locate the guns that were originally supposed to be in the house and was that shotgun the one that was used to kill them and like she goes into so much detail and I will tell you like it's kind of I this one like normally I come down like on one side or the other and it's like yeah no Jeff totally did it or Jeff didn't do it this one she makes a lot of really good points and especially when she dives into the stuff that was going on with the um, activity in Florida I still have I still I, I can't say one way or the other I I have mixed emotions about this one. I think Jeff may have done it, but I don't think that 
in my opinion, the police did a good enough job really trying to rule out. To me, if, like, if Delia had been the defense attorney, like, I would have been like, yeah, there's reasonable doubt there. It's one of those ones that, like, I don't think there was enough to convict him, but that doesn't mean he didn't do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess, I don't know, like, as I'm listening and, and putting everything in my brain here. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how Jeff would have got the mom and the two daughters, the two sisters rather, into the basement by themselves. So the there was evidence, like it appears, so like the way that the crime scene kind of came together, what the police suspected was that someone came into the house with a gun, Jeff, not Jeff, um, shot the dad and the mom ran with the kids and was trying to hide in the basement. And that because the way that the, the bodies were, it looked like she was trying to like hide and shield them. Um, I just, so. I don't feel like you do that if it's your kid. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah, if I, for whatever reason, somebody came in here and shot me and yeah. one of the kids, God forbid. Yeah. Right. But like, you don't think your first response would be after seeing that would be like yelling at them. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you wouldn't would just you run and hide. And run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. That, that is a really good point. I haven't, I haven't thought about it like that. I'm just like imagining like if, if, like if that was me or whatever, right? Like, yeah. You don't turn tail and run from somebody that lives there. Yeah. Especially not to the basement because like. There's no way out, what, the right? Guy that and lives he knows there that there's no way out. What the basement looks like, right? Yeah. Like that doesn't seems kind of weird to me. That and then like the sudden move, quit your job, move halfway across the country to the middle of nowhere and become a pastor. Yeah. With never having been a pastor before. Yeah. Like. I mean, yeah, people do some stuff on a whim, but like... I was going to say, like, we totally picked up and moved across the country. But like, it was like we were in college, or just graduated college, and got a job. Like, that seems a lot more plausible. It's not like, oh, I had this I have a family that's established. family, just married this new person. We've got a mixed family now. We've got four kids. Yeah. Yada, yada. Um, I've decided to follow the Lord to Indianana. Indianana. You know what I mean? Like, I just... (laughs) Like that just seems kind of strange to me. And yeah. then no, that that the, makes sense. I guess I really the didn't trying to hide his face from like publication. Yeah, that was also that was mad weird to me. Like if you're a pastor and you're leading your flock, like why would you hide? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that doesn't a lot of this stuff doesn't add up. I'm not saying like Jeff couldn't have done it. Yeah, but like if I was trying to like put myself into that situation, right? Like, what's the most likely or plausible actions? Yeah, like. The mom and kids running and hiding into the basement because Jeff came in the door with a shotgun when he was supposed to be at prom. Doesn't seem right to me, right? It would feel like, Jeff, what the fuck are you doing? I thought you were at prom. What are you doing with that shotgun? Or like you're not supposed to be at prom. like. Or yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. And then turns and puts a slug into his dad or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just pulling up right now trying to see if... Um... That feels like a stranger came in and the dad was like, Oh my God, who the hell are you? Yeah. And the guy shot him and he's like, run yeah. to the wife and get shot. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that, that's a really good point. I honestly hadn't thought about like, cause to me it was like, oh, somebody's shooting, you know, I would, I would run and hide the kids. Right. Like that would be my go-to, but only from this perspective of like, you I don't know, know them. You don't know who that person is. Right. But like yeah. if somebody came in the door, like, I don't know my brother or one of their friends in the neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. And they came in and all of a sudden you were like, oh, what's going on? 
and they shoot me. Yeah. Like you'd be, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I still might run. <laughs> well, you know, I think, I think you would still run, right? But like the idea that you would be able to take two kids and get all the way into the basement in time to hide. Yeah. By the time he comes in and shoots somebody. Yeah. Like there must've been some dialogue. There must've been something going on there. Because that shit takes time. And I don't yeah. know how big the parsonage was, but. Yeah. Even like a reasonably sized house. But, but, so what if, what if it's this, right? Fast. What if it's this? What if the son and the dad start arguing, right? You know what? There's about to be another murder. <laughs> I'm going to kill that dog. Oh, no. Just kidding. Oh, stop. No, no, we're not doing that. He's definitely doing that. I was trying to get him to stop. No, thank you. Anyways. So I'm just thinking, what about this, right? Dad and Jay. son start to argue. It's getting heated. And the mom just takes them down into the basement to like. Oh, to not have to listen to it or whatever. Yeah, not have to listen to it or just get them away from the situation, right? And then he shoots and you're like, oh my God. And then he comes barreling down the stairs and kills you and the other ones. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, guess. It just doesn't seem right. Like, if he comes in and they're arguing, like he didn't then go get a shotgun because the guy was at the top of the stairs. You know what I mean? So like, is he already on the stairs when he shoots him? Is he going up the stairs to get him and the dad comes around the corner? Like, it just feels to me that if it was the son and he came home, he would have had to go pick up the shotgun from somewhere. And like, if you see your kid with a shotgun yelling at you. Yeah. I don't know. Was the mom his original parent or the dad? No, the dad was his, his, it was his biological father and his stepmother. Yeah. I don't know. Sad either way. Yeah. I just like, I can't imagine. I don't know. Some, it's one of those things that it's just like, and one of the reasons why I find true crime so fascinating is like, I cannot get my head in a place where like I can ever see that. Like that is his, those are his siblings. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like that's... You know, like I just, as, as young children at six and eight, like God, what? I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, I crazy people, the reason there's not usually signs is because up until they do something crazy, they're not crazy people. Yeah. You usually don't get a lot of cracks at it. I know. I know. It just, it always kind of blows my mind. But anyway, that is the Pelly family massacres. No update on Jeff's appeals. All of his prior appeals had been denied, um, but this was kind of his final thing. Again, that was in November 2022, um, so fairly recent. Uh, if we get any updates on that, I will be sure to pop in with my own tidings. Um, but no, that, that's it for right now. Yeah, I mean, you got to put somebody in jail for that. You can't... Oh, yeah. And I mean, it was it I was wonder, what was, the, a what, was while. The new, what was the new evidence they found, though, that finally let them bring it to trial? Do you know? Um, I don't have that written down. I can't remember. I guess I'm just, just kind of curious, like, years later, what are they all of a sudden... What was it? That... I, I'm not sure because they didn't have like any sort of blood evidence or anything like that. Um, the pants had been washed. Um, Pelly family murders. 
Heli family prom night murders. Yep, that's the one. Hmm. Ooh, evidence photos. Oh, they had mullets. <laughs> I love that that's what you focus on. I mean, when you see the family photo, that's kind of just what jumps out at me. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I just, I don't know. Like, they're showing, like, the prom pictures and stuff. Like, he doesn't look like he just murdered his family. Yeah, I know, right? Like, the pictures of him, like, where he's dancing at prom, is it's wild to me. And that's it. Like, the girlfriend and the friends that he was with, they were like, he didn't seem off. He didn't seem weird. Like, there was no, there was no sign that he had just killed his family. So, seriously, if he did, like, he must be a crazy cold blooded murder which I mean like you just killed your family so yeah obviously but yeah it's just really weird hmm cold case detectives yada yada shot him and then drove to prom I mean people do crazy shit I guess mm-hmm. but but yeah, if you get a chance, um, definitely listen to Counterclock. And I think I saw that there was going to be something, a, a documentary on Netflix as well. So keep an eye out about that. Uh, news. You want some news? I would love some tidings. We've got some crazy stuff in the news. There is bonker stuff happening. So much crazy stuff. Okay. Tell me the crazy. I'm ready. You want... Domestic or international first? Domestic. Okay. Two of the three largest bank collapses in American history happened in the past two weeks. Wait, there was another one? There was. So What? Sorry, yeah. that was loud. Sorry, guys. So Silicon Valley Bank. I knew that one. Collapsed yep. in California. And Signature Bank in New York. Same thing. I didn't know that. Yes. Wow, which that's is not like good. not good at all. No, so it did. So the other one that went down. So it was it the same thing as Silicon Valley, where they they just showed yeah, they up and were like, like liquidity issues. Basically, there was a run on the bank. Oof. So so the way it worked is that Silicon Valley Bank, they were had so much cash mm-hmm. from this run up after COVID, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all these venture capital funds, etc. Mm-hmm. And banks, when they take your cash. If you don't know this, you should, but they don't keep it like in a vault. It's not like Scrooge McDuck. I thought for the longest time when I was a kid that that's how it worked. Like I thought like I gave them my $5 bill and then they went into a box that was labeled as Kate Kate. and put the $5 bill in there. And when my dad told me that that's not how it works, I was shook. Mm -hmm. So the way banks make money is they take your money and then reinvest it or loan it back out, right? And so they yep. had all this cash on hand. And so what they were doing is they were buying like these government bonds, like these long maturity bonds. Yeah. The problem is that as interest rates went up, bond yields go down. Yeah. So they were like $1.2 billion in the hole Ugh. on these. Ugh. So then where it gets tricky is, right, they see this. Yeah. And they realize what's happening and they're basically like, fuck. Yeah. What do we do now? Yeah. So, what they decided to do 
is they reached out to Goldman, I think it was Goldman Sachs, I could be wrong, but I'm like 90% sure it's Goldman Sachs. Okay. And sold those losing assets. Okay. Right? They just took the loss on their balance sheet. So part two of their plan was to raise (laughs) capital by selling more stock. Oh boy. So when when it hits the news that they took this huge hit and now they're going to sell stocks. Everybody panicked. They, people start selling the stock because now it's going to be diluted. Yeah. And then it find people it gets on the street that like, oh shit, they're selling stock because they don't have the cash. Yeah. I better get my cash out of there. And then everybody run. And then it becomes a complete run on them. Yeah. And there's they obviously don't have enough cash to make everybody whole. Yeah. Because it took a one point two billion dollar loss. Ugh. And so over the course of like a day and a half. Done. Just done. So is it... The Fed showed up, takes over the bank. Yeah, that's wild. Right? And so it gets crazy then because... So FDIC, Federal Depositors Insurance, whatever... Yeah. Covers up to 250000 But if you had more than 250000 you're effed. Yeah, you're just asked out. Sorry. Sorry about your Uh cash. And so that spread to these other banks. So then Signature Bank had taken all of their cash and they were buying crypto or something with it. Similar type of scenario. Shit investment. Underwater Lost it all. It, and then a run on it for people trying to get their money out. Oh my God. So so when did that one happen? Because I didn't hear about that second one like at the all. the following day. Oh, like okay. Two days later, something like that. It wasn't very long after. And now all these small regional banks are going through the same kind of stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. So there's uh, First Republic Bank, I think is what it's called. I'm trying to find it right now. I had it up and then I lost it. Okay. Is that like... <laughs> yeah. First Republic Bank. It... So... Same similar scenario where there was a run on these this bank. Oh my god. And then but the difference is now other bigger banks have stepped in and are receiving deposit first of all receiving deposits from them to try to stabilize it and hold the US banking system. Well, together. because everybody's freaking out, I'm sure. Like mm-hmm. these bigger banks are like, everybody band together because we can't have this go to the shitter. Exactly. So um Oh my god. First Republic, like 68% of their deposits are uninsured over the limit. <gasps> so if there was a run on them, they'd have to sell their assets or borrow money to pay back their deposits. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And so now it's like spreading as like a contagion through all these smaller regional banks. Yeah. And it was last week, I can't remember which day, but Bank of America, like the big banks. Oh, no. No, no. Oh. They had more accounts opened in one day. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Because everybody was like, because I am not Because everybody was taking the money this. out of these small banks. Yeah. And putting them in like the big three, like the yeah, 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 yeah. Bank of America, Chase, you know what I mean? Those yeah. kind of banks. And so now all these small regional banks are like Done. teetering on the edge. Oh my God. And so That's now the so Fed's stepping good. in to try to bolster them up and yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's not good and I don't think it's over. Do you think you think it's just going to be like domino effect style? I think it very easily could. I yeah. don't know. Hey, I mean, so I saw a thing that said that the I think it was like the president of that Silicon Valley one that he sold his stock like two weeks before everything mm-hmm. went bonkers. Do you think that there's going to be like? Oh, there's an SEC investigation into it. Good, because yeah. like, bro. Doesn't a captain go down with his ship? <laughs> and he's like, nah, he's like, really. nah. So well, what happened Maybe was, if I sell three hundred million dollars worth first. <laughs> That's crazy. 
That's um, wild. So yeah, it's zero basically. It's what's Ugh, now. Not good. Not Mm-mm. good. Mm-mm. So I mean, and what's crazy though, right, is if you're in one of these small banks, as long as you don't have over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Right. But people get the fear in them. Yeah. And they're taking their sixty thousand bucks, eighty thousand bucks, whatever mm. it is. Being like, out. Nope, I'm out. They're twenty dollars. They're like, I'm done here. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still kind of making the ripples of it, and like the understanding of it. I think it's still making its way through the general population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of something to be watching Oof. because, and they're blaming it on the interest rates getting hiked too fast. Oi. 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 So we'll see. Uh, other exciting news. Okay. Former President Donald Trump was on his Truth Social saying he's going to be arrested on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So I saw a thing, a tweet from Elon Musk that was like, they're basically, if they arrest him, they're handing him the presidency. Can you walk me through what the heck is happening? Because like, I, I don't follow. I do not follow. Okay. So well, he posted that he's going to be arrested on Tuesday. Okay. Um... And he, and he was just like, guys, they're going to come get me. He basically said that someone from the Manhattan DA's office told him <laughs> that he's going to be arrested on Tuesday, urged his followers to protest and take our nation back. Said, oh, America, shit. Here America we go. Is a third world country and dying. The American dream is dead. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yes. And so I believe this has to do with a hush money scandal involving Stormy Daniels. That's what they're. That's, that's sorry what they're again, saying. your ears. I'm sorry. That's what they're saying. He's going to be charged with. That. Okay. Okay. And yeah, I mean, and they're still going to. I mean, they're still looking at other stuff on him, but like, that could be wild. That'd be the first time ever a, a former. former U.S. president is arrested and indicted. That would be wild. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to make. A Donald Trump arrested shirt, though. Like, I feel like I need you need to come up with something witty, and I'm gonna put it on a shirt. Like, make commissary great again, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. TM, no. <laughs> um, Fabulous. And speaking of world leaders, the International Criminal Court, okay, issued an arrest warrant for Putin. Fuck no, really. Which is just like. The biggest grandstanding thing I've seen in a oh long time. Oh my god! Because Russia doesn't give a fuck. No. What the ICC says. No. And Is it like what's gonna happen? Like, like so if he steps outside of Russia, who's arresting him? Yeah, no one's arresting. Nobody's him. arresting him. It's like uh, they this might dude well... rides horses like horseback without a saddle, without a shirt. Like this guy is not, not just being him. arrested. Yeah, I mean. And, like, even if you did, like, okay, you don't think if you do that, like, oh, hi, World War Three. Yeah. Like, instantly. Yeah. Uh, but they accused him of war crimes of unlawful deportation of people and transfer of population from occupied areas of Ukraine in prejudice of Ukrainian children. Which, I Okay. Mean, huh? <laughs> First of all, what? Second of all, like... I would like like... that with, huh? <laughs> so, okay, so they were like, he's a bad dude. And we're going to give him this award for being a bad dude. Like that's like that's what that feels like. Because they're saying that Russia was transferring Ukrainian children into Russia, and meanwhile Russia's okay. like, yeah, they were abandoned and being rescued from the war, and many of them came from orphanages and group homes. 
So I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know what the truth is, right? But like, war's hell. And yeah. Nobody wants kids getting hurt. Yeah. Well, but it yeah, just seemed kind of crazy to me that like at this point, now I mean, we're yeah, do a, a paper thing on him, like. Yeah. Come on. That doesn't... I mean, what is that doing? It, what is that doing? It does not... That's happen. like... That's literally like the equivalent of giving somebody a thumbs down when you're driving. They should have just changed their Facebook profile to a French flag. Yeah. Like that. that's the equivalent of it. We're, we're not even mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> Basically. Um, sticking with the axis of evil. Okay. <laughs> okay. They're saying that there's two and a half tons of uranium missing from a Libyan site. Oh, well, that's terrifying. Yep. Yep. So, you know, and then North Korea is still firing missiles. Okay. New nightmares unlocked. Thank so, you. So, you know, I mean, same old, same old. Oh, my God. On the evil camp. What the hell? It's just kind of, it's still kind of crazy. That's weird. Okay. Wait, can we like backtrack to the uranium that's missing? Like, did, was, is nobody accountable for that? Is somebody just like went in for their shift and was doing inventory and was like, oops? Like, how do you miss, how do you lose uranium? So they went in there to do uh, like a site visit. Yeah. And 10 drums containing approximately two and a half tons of natural uranium declared, previously declared by Libya as being stored there were not present. Okay, that's a problem, you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's my like, God. What? How do you lose two and a half tons of anything? Can we put a GPS tracker on this shit? Put an air tag on it. Put an air tag on it. I got a, I got a notification that, that Samson's air tag is low. <laughs> I think our battery is um, low. You I need to replace it. Air tag on the uranium looks like it's moving. <laughs> I have a crazy story. This is not my story. But someone told me this story and I need to share it because we're talking about air tags and things being tracked. Okay. So I was talking about the fact that we put an air tag on the dog. Okay. Because he jumps over the fence and has been known to wander and we need to locate him when he does these things. So my friend was telling me that she had an air tag in her child's backpack Mm -hmm. and she was waiting at the bus stop and to pick up her kid and all the kids come off of the bus and there is no one there her child does not get off of the bus and so she's like what and so the call she calls the school school is like no we have her checked out to the bus. Like she got on the bus and she's like, no, she did not because she didn't, she did not get off of this bus. Like I am at the bus stop. There is my child is not here. So she's like, Oh wait, I have an air tag. So she pulls up the air tag and she sees her kid moving down the highway. Like she can see like major highway sees the air tag moving along the highway and is like, Holy shit. She's like, I got to go. I got to call the police, you know, like yeah. whatever. And she, so the, she's on the phone with the principal of the school and the principal's like, no, I'll tell my, my admin to call. Like she's going to get, you know, like I'm going to get in the car. You're going to tell me where, where the tag is going. You can get in the car and follow the tag too, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, it turns out she was not actually being kidnapped. Thank the Lord that she had been put 
on the wrong bus. It was a substitute and the substitute misread the tag or whatever because you know how they all have so the little tag. So that kid was tag. just going joyriding somewhere random? It was on the bus and the bus driver was taking her back to like the bus depot to like identify where she was actually supposed to be located. Jeez, but huh? like, can you imagine the terror? Uh, no. Holy shit. Because yeah, I would be immediately chasing them down. Yeah. They yeah. were driving way too fast. Yeah, that's absolutely fucking terrifying. But like, thank God they, I mean, the bus driver was um, not... I mean, trying Didn't to do the right off thing. Didn't let random place or... Yeah, like, but like, what? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, so that is all. All right. Um, I think that is pretty much... Well, I guess, I mean, it's been a long time, so a little bit older news. Yeah. But like, can we talk about Ohio? Oh. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? It was like 10 train derailments in like the course of like four days. Yeah. That shit's wild. It is crazy. And now, my question is, are these like... Do train derailments happen more often and like now they're just popping up in the news because of what happened? Like the, right. the is it like, like because thing where the you situation buy a brand of car and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Right. Well, the situation in Ohio is horrific. I read that list of chemicals that was on a train. It is no bueno. This is no joke. It is no joke. And all the craziness that's coming out about like that they just let the residents go back in. And then after the fact, once somebody was like, hey, this could kill people, um, they were like, oh, if you want your home air quality tested, we can do that. Like, eh, what? Like, who yeah. who said that was okay? And then how long did it take the EPA to get there? Too long. Way too long. Like, what the hell, you guys? Do better. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Not okay. Not okay. But I think that was all the news I had. I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Hopefully as a Jets better, fan. He does better than Brett Favre did for you guys. As a Jets fan, what I would like to say is all other Jets fans, let's remain calm. Do not get too excited. We may have a kick-ass defense. Our offensive line may be on the way to being healthy. We may be getting Aaron Rodgers, but let's be honest. It's the Jets. They're going to find a way to mess it up. Okay? If anybody so everyone, could, it would be them. Remain calm. Do not say, this is our year. Do not plan your Super Bowl run. Everyone stay calm. And let's see what the fuck happens. Mm-hmm. Go Jets. Okay. That's so, all I, I got. I just want to give you a shout out for that. Thank um, you. Thank you. I appreciate but, that. Yeah, that's it. I think Pelly Family Massacre, possibly a mob hit, possibly a psycho kid. Yeah. I mean, you know. You decide. Potato, potato. Write us an email at tidingsntransgressions at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Follow yep. us on the Instagram, on yep. the gram, doing it for the gram. Like the podcast on whatever form you watch it on. Tell your friends, please. Yes. Rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. What she said. That's um, correct. Anything else? And, and subscribe on all the other platforms, too. Okay. Yeah, you got to pump those numbers up. Yeah. Got to pump help, those numbers. Help us help you. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, uh, I think that's it. TNT out. Bye.